0: it's time for you better you bet we'll give you an edge to beat the spread and so much more what do we call that wagertainment it's you better you bet from betql
1: happy friday welcome to you better you bet presented by bet mgm pj glasser ryan horvat filling in for nick costos and ken barkley we got a great friday on tap for everybody, you can watch us on twitch.tv slash You can uh, listen to us on the Odyssey app for free. You can also watch us on YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. or on Beck QLnetwork.com, Sirius Channel 160, and Sirius XM 205. We'll be over on Stadium at 4 o'clock Eastern time from 4 to 6, so you can check us out there next hour, and we're going to get to a lot. We're going to talk some baseball on the show today. We're going to talk some NBA MVP uh, market with Joel Embiid. Injury, we're obviously going to talk about the big game out in Vegas between Kansas City and San Francisco. Kate Constable is going to join us at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And then we're going to talk some college hoops as well. One of the best slates that we have all year is tomorrow. So we're going to get into that with Isaac Trotter, look at some futures, and uh, wrap up the show in Power Hour and give some best bets for the day and for the weekend. Ryan, good to see you, pal. How, uh, how's everything going?
2: Peach, things for me going going pretty well, right? We got San Francisco playing in the big game coming up next week. We'll be there in Las Vegas. I'm super excited. Uh, we'll be there with Nick and Ken who have the day off, but we'll reconnect on Monday with them. So I'm super excited. Uh, if anybody's gonna be out there, they should come say hi, check us out. But I mean, this is, this is one of my favorite times of the year, right, because um, even though it's two weeks of hype, Before we actually get to see the game and we're going to be talking player props and breaking this game down every single day for plenty of hours. There's also a lot going on. Like you said, coming up Saturday, this is one of the better slates of college hoops. Um, And also we got some breaking news in major league and major league baseball going down. So I know it was a rough week for you as a Baltimore Ravens fan. I joked before the show with you. I uh, didn't want to rub it in. But if Greg Roman was calling plays and we got more power and more heavy sets and Baltimore actually ran the ball against Kansas City, I think they'd be playing in this game. But as a consolation prize, at least the O is your baseball team make a deal. Uh, and they go out and yeah. they get Corbin Burns. Because I was I was a little bit worried, man. I thought maybe just maybe it would be Dylan Cease. Because I was looking at this last week. Their payroll for 2024 Was 73 million dollars they're coming off what their first 100 win season they won 101 games since 1980 and the only move that they had made was craig kimbrell the one-year 13 million dollar deal for kimbrell who's you know they're just for injury replacement for one season because felix batista is going to miss the entire season after having tommy john surgery Offensively, I love everybody in that lineup from, you know, rookie of the year Gunnar Henderson to their silver slugger catcher Adley Rushman. I'm so jealous. You guys are stacked. But uh, I figured, man, this team has to go out and they have to get a veteran arm and you lose Kyle Gibson. I like all the young arms, but Corbin Burns, Peach, it's just 29 years old. You know, a couple years removed from winning the National League Cy Young. I'm excited for you. So, terrible end of the season for the Ravens, but at least the O's are uh, looking pretty good. Plus 250 to win the AL East. I kind of like that.
1: They are. Yeah, there's so much excitement ra- right now, Ryan. Their they're starting rotation, top to bottom, one to five might be the best in baseball right now. I mean, Corbin Burns, yeah. obviously, is an ace. He's a number one. Bradish was awesome last year. He could be in the Cy Young conversation. They get a full season of Grayson Rodriguez, who's one of the top prospects in baseball. Was great the second half of the season last year. You've John Means coming back. Uh, hopefully, he's able to stay healthy. He's going to be their number four. Threw a no hitter a couple years ago. He was awesome um, for them when he came back in August. And then you got Dean Kramer, who as your number five, like Ryan, he would have been the Orioles' like number one or number two a couple years ago. And how and now he's their number five. And by getting Corbin Burns, it allows you to move guys like Tyler Wells to the bullpen, give you some middle relief help. That's the only concern with the Orioles now. Now that they have Corbin Burns and they've solidified their one, two, three punch. I I mean, they're like you said, the lineup is stacked. It's loaded. And not only like one to nine is their lineup really good, but they have positional players as well and guys that they can rotate in like every day like they have 11 or 12 guys that can play every day the bullpen is the one area of concern if Felix Bautista was healthy like you said yeah I would be all in. like I'd be interested to see what the odds were like as insane as it is even if Bautista was healthy the Yankees would still be favored to win that division which just absolutely makes no sense but if Bautista was healthy Ryan like there really wouldn't be too many weaknesses on the Orioles. So you said it, their price to win the AL East at plus two fifty. I really like that. I know Tampa wakes out of bed and wins 90 games. Toronto is going to be really good. Um, but I still think the Orioles are the team to beat man. Like you said, they won 101 games last year. They didn't really lose anybody important. Now they're going to get a full season of burns, a full season of Grayson Rodriguez, Jackson holiday is going to come up. Um, so it's uh, there's a lot to be excited about, man. I'm uh I'm I'm fired up. Like the O's, they they got a chance to have a special year.
2: Yeah, I like the plus two fifty price in the East. I mean, the Yankees made the splashy moves, and if they could stay healthy and if they could make a couple moves, like we'll see what they end up doing. Obviously, at the deadline, if they could add a couple arms, I'd feel better about the Yanks. But I would rather play Toronto. You know at that price in the east to be honest with you um so i feel really good about baltimore coming into the season i think the first thing that we do when we land in las vegas coming up on sunday uh we have a couple cocktails and not only do we fire away on the plus 250 in the al east but i also think that you at least should take a little stab 14 to 1 to win the world series as you probably do every single season Ooh. um now the concern always is craig kimbrell Uh, you know, you never know what you're going to get, but you know, you said it, man. So I really like the lineup with, with Henderson and with Rushman, but also Jackson holiday, their number one prospect. I'm excited for him, but they also have five other top 100 prospects. Like they have one of the better farm systems in all of baseball. 73 million is their payroll. Like this team's only going to get better. Did you expect that last season? Because I know two years ago, it was a fun ride. Um, and then, you know, they, they kind of like flamed out. And the uh, east was loaded but did you expect that last season 101 wins And like what do you think their ceiling is next year do you think they legitimately could win a World Series or contend can contend because I mean the Dodgers it's crazy when you look at that lineup I mean and the rotation now as well like I forget some of the pieces that they've added the Dodgers other than just Shohei Otani you know like Tyler Glass now is now a Dodger do you think the O ceiling is you know World Series contenders this season
1: yeah i do i do yeah. and I, the reason i think it is is because the burns move shows me that now with the new ownership that they're ready to go this is what mike elias did in houston ryan the gm for the orioles like this was his track record he got the three cornerstone draft picks when he was in houston he got correa he got springer and he got bregman right and that's when houston turned all of those 100 loss seasons and becoming into one of the best teams in baseball. And now the run that they're on. And then his final piece was when he traded for Verlander. He went out and he got Cole. And he got cranky. And he got some of these guys. But then Verlander was the piece that put him over the top. And then look at what the Orioles have done. They got Adley. They got Gunner. Now they got Jackson Holiday coming. They have their three cornerstones. And now Corbin Burns is going to be this Justin Verlander piece that was missing in Baltimore. So, man... Again, the starting rotation is there. It's good enough. The lineup is good enough. It just really comes down to the bullpen. And I think they look at what Texas did last year and how great that lineup was. Remember all the arms that the Rangers got at the deadline and they got Scherzer and they got Montgomery and they were just so focused on the starting pitching and they said, you know what, we'll just try and figure it out with the bullpen in the postseason and the bullpen ended up being great. So the Orioles have tried to build a back end of their bullpen the last couple of years. And now with the emergence of Bradish, and it looks like Grayson Rodriguez is going to be as good as we all thought he would. Now they realize they needed another frontline starter. And Ryan, you mentioned that farm system, all those top 100 prospects, like they might not be done yet. I mean, there's still talks that they could go after cease. They could get somebody else. So, I mean, that's what's awesome is now they have new ownership that's willing to spend. And they have this young core, and now they have the best farm system in baseball. I mean, losing D.L. Hall and Joey Ortiz to most teams would be like losing you know, two of your top prospects. Ryan, neither of those guys were in the Orioles' top five for their prospects. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's crazy uh, how they're set up. Let me
2: ask you one quick question, because like, when I was doing um, local radio in Milwaukee and covering the Brewers, um, it was the year that they went to the NLCS, ended up losing to the Dodgers in seven. Keston hero was in the farm system as he was their top prospect and uh that hasn't really panned out obviously and you know at the deadline I was talking about maybe acquiring another arm like a Madison Bumgarner a guy that you know is proven in the postseason and people didn't want to part ways with any of their top prospects are you one of those guys like I said you have five top 100 prospects in that farm system are you are you like a prospect guy or let's say because like Dylan Cease I still think the O should go out and make it. And I know that you are more concerned about the bullpen. You would rather add bullpen arms. But, man, like Cease, what's attractive about him, two years of team control for Dylan Cease as well. So, like, realistically, I think that they could make that happen if they started uh, trading away some of these prospects. But would you want to do that or no? Stay away from some of these guys.
1: I think anybody is worth trading except for Jackson holiday. And then this kid that they got coming up, Samuel Basalo from everything that I read and hear, like he could be the number one prospect in a couple of years. Those are the only two untouchables, but if Chicago wants, if they want Kowser, if they want Kerstad, if they want Norby, if they want any of these guys, absolutely. Jackson's the untouchable. I think at last year's trade deadline, when the Orioles were trying to make a move, they, they couldn't make one because the White Sox wanted holiday and that was just never going to happen. So he's an untouchable the Orioles won't get rid of him. I don't think they're going to get rid of Basalo either. But those other guys that I would mention, I think, uh, I think they could end up making a move. It's crazy, though, because the American League, I mean, it really is good as as high of a ceiling as the Orioles have and as bright a future. As they have, like I understand why the two teams in Texas are still favored over them, right? The Astros and the Rangers. I think the Orioles might be better than the Rangers. Um, but Houston, you know, they're kind of like the Chiefs. Like until you can kind of prove that you can beat them in the postseason. Um, you know, those are those are still the two teams that that do more to me. Like that Texas lineup is just it's ridiculous, man. Top to bottom. Um, we'll see if they're able to stay healthy. You know, we'll see what Degrom does this year. We'll see if Scherzer's able to come back and help them out. They're going to lose Montgomery. Uh, their bullpen's still a mess, but Houston is is still going to be there. But like you said, like the Yankees being listed in in with those teams, like to me, it's there's a clear three in the American League with Houston, Texas, and Baltimore. Um, the Yankees being in that conversation, I just I don't know how you could ever touch the Yankees at that price. And then as you mentioned in the National League. I think it's the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Phillies. It's it's kind of those three teams. I mean, we were going through it, Ryan, before the show. Obviously, everybody's caught up in the NFL and obviously the NBA and college basketball. Like we all remember Shohei Otani, but we also forget like the Dodgers got glass now. They got Yamamoto. Like they, their pitching rotation is is so stacked to go along, obviously with Mookie and Freddie as well.
2: Yeah. All of that, and they'll probably still lose in the NLDS, though, to to the Atlanta Braves or or whoever else. Maybe the Philadelphia Phillies again. Now, I mean, if the Dodgers don't get it done this year, I don't know. I, and I love Shohei Ohtani uh, as a Cubs fan. That was my number one wish, as most you know fans and teams had going into the season. Didn't work out, but that's a lot of money. And as much as I love Ohtani, man, um, coming off another injury, I think he's like one injury away from no longer being able to Take the ball every five days. And then what? Like maybe he's a closer, maybe he's a bullpen arm. I mean, he's still obviously a great bat, and you're gonna get forty plus homers and he's gonna hit two eighty-five and drive in over a hundred runs every season. But it's just it's it's a lot of money. Only the Dodgers were able to do that. So, you know, good good for them. Really quick, um, I agree with you on the Astros, because it's the Astros, but if I'm playing futures I'm looking at Baltimore right now over Texas. I mean, like, those are a lot of ifs. And when you're saying if Jacob DeGrom can stay healthy for a full season, like, I obviously wish him the best. But, I mean, do we ever expect Jacob DeGrom to stay healthy for an entire season? So, I feel pretty good about the O's. And, uh, and you know, I mean, we're here in February. I didn't know what the moves were going to be. And uh, I'm also excited for Corbin Burns, too, because, you know, a couple of years ago he won the Cy Young. And last year, you know, the ERA went up a little bit. Uh, the strikeouts were still there, weren't the same numbers. It was kind of you know a letdown season for him. And it was like a weird year, too, because remember the Brewers won the arbitration case against Corbin Burns, and they pretty much like in the arbitration blamed him for not making the postseason, even though he was their best starter. Like Brandon Woodruff wasn't even healthy for the entire season. So I'm excited for Burns. He's gonna be extra motivated coming into the season. If he stays healthy, Maybe his Cy Young futures are worth a look as well uh, in the American League because you know he's going to rack up the strikeouts.
1: Ryan, I want to ask you about your team because everybody's talking about what this move means for the Orioles, but this move also has ramifications on the Central because now the Brewers drop all the way to plus 600. Cardinals are favored at plus 150. Chicago, plus 200. The Reds are at plus 400. And then you have the Pirates at 25-1. to You know, this move kind of puzzled a lot of people with the Brewers because they spent money on Reese Hoskins, right? They still got Yelich with that contract and Adamas. And in that division, people thought that with that rotation and the arms that they have, that they would still be the team to beat. They get rid of Burns, and now they have the fourth-best odds. So as a Cubs fan, I mean, do you feel good about your chances that uh, you can win the Central this year? Uh.
2: I gotta wait and see like what happens with Cody Bellinger if Cody Bellinger has the season that he had last year, you know, when it's not a contract year. Um, I like the Craig Council hire. It's a lot of money for a manager, but uh, I want to see what that roster looks like. I think they they have a legit shot to win the central, although the Cardinals still have the two best players in the division.
1: Yeah, all right. We'll talk some more MLB on the other side of the break. Also talk some NBA MVP. Joel Embiid's going to miss some time. We'll discuss what that means next. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ and Ryan.
0: Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.
1: PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvath. Better You Bet presented by BetMGM here on a Friday. Nick and Ken are off. They will be back live from Las Vegas out in Mandalay Bay. Ryan and I will also be out there as well. Can't wait for Super Bowl week out in Vegas. Uh, Got a great show coming up for the rest of You Better You Bet. Kate Constable is going to join us at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Isaac Trotter is going to join us later on as well. Kicked off the show talking About the big trade yesterday between the Orioles and the Brewers and Milwaukee sending former Cy Young pitcher Corbin Burns to the O's. One year left in his deal. Orioles are going all in, but there is belief that they're going to try and sign him to a long-term deal. Before we get into uh, the NBA and the awards market and MVP, let's bring in our guy Jake Hassan because Jake has been a member of the Orioles fan club as well. He was on the O's last year. Jake could also see this coming. So, Jake, what were your thoughts when you saw uh, this move yesterday that Burns was going to Baltimore?
0: I like so small story time. Like, I was at dinner with one of my friends, and my friend gets up to use the bathroom. So, I like look at my phone, whatever, and I see the passing notification. And my friend comes back from the bathroom, and I audibly say, Oh my God, out loud in this restaurant. Like, then scream it, but my friend was like, What? And I go, Not like, not a sports fan. So, I was like, Nothing. Like, you're not going to get it. It's going to go over your head. But then, like, I had to fire off tweets. I, could not believe my eyes when I open any odds board and the Yankees are still priced at nine to one and the Orioles are 14 to 15 to one. Couldn't believe my eyes. Like it's, Absolutely outrageous. It's hilarious. The Orioles just won this division. They're 250 for the division. They just won 101 games. Yeah, they kind of limped out of the postseason, but you caught the Texas Rangers at the wrong time. Like, there's no shame in that. There's literally nothing you can do about that. I love this Orioles team as it were before Burns. Now I fully am invested. I think this is completely mispriced for World Series prices right now, for AL East prices right now. I don't think they're done either. Like, does anyone really think that Ryan O'Hearn is trotting out there on opening day? Does anyone really think that like they could easily, I'm sorry, Ryan, I love you, but they could easily sign Cody Bellinger. Still. They could easily sign JD Martinez. Still. There's a bunch of guys out there that they could sign today. That will still add another one to two wins. If not more to this team, fan says Jackson holiday. Opening the season on this on the major league roster, that's insane. He turned 20 two months ago, like, he's just that good. I think this team is unbelievable. I don't think they're done. I still think that I think Mike Elias is dancing in his office. Like, I saw a tweet last night that. New ownership group came in and Elias opened a drawer and was like, all right, this is all the stuff I've been sitting on time to make some phone calls. And he did and credit to him. He acted really fast. I figured the Orioles were going to do something this off season like this. Didn't think it would take this long, but credit to them. I think this is an awesome team. I think that they are mispriced right now and I can't wait to bet them day to day. I can't wait to bet their futures. It's going to be an awesome team. It's going to be an awesome season for Baltimore.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Another bet I like a lot, fellas, is the Orioles' win total, 91 and a half. Like Jake just mentioned, they won 101 games last year. They didn't lose any key pieces. Like, they're not going to sneak up on anybody this year, but it doesn't matter. I mean, they were clearly the best team in the best division last year. Now they're starting pitching's even better. Like, I just think 10 wins is way too much of a drop-off uh so 91 and a half over that win total i also like a lot too gunner henderson like if you want another futures bet like him to win al mvp at 18 to 1 i think it's a really good bet again judge and soto are going to take up all the odds because they're yankees and they're great players and they're great hitters but uh there's a lot to do with the orioles ryan like whether you want to look at the team you want to look at division you want to look at the al world series like jake was talking uh win total uh there, there's a lot of different ways that you can attack it so i'm excited man i really i'm really really fired up i said the same thing
2: last year like with the yankees prices i laughed at the yankee prices last season and and i'm still going to this year i I like baltimore a lot more but who do you guys like in the east like who scares you the most is it toronto because unfortunately like while i didn't buy into the yanks last year i did buy into toronto uh not baltimore did not take the uh the the great prices that we got with the o's last year Who, who scares you guys the most or who else would you look at in the east other than baltimore
0: yeah, Jake, go ahead. It's Tampa. It's always Tampa. I I mean just what they like the rotation. They're always good. Like Adam Savalle or Aaron Savalle sorry, like another season there. He's going to be awesome. He was already great in Cleveland for them. Yeah. They lost Glasnow, but does anyone really think that the rays didn't do their research and the guys that they got back, LaDuca and Pepeo, that those guys aren't going to be all stars at some point, if not winning awards at some point, this is what the rays do. And as long as they don't trade Randy or Rosarena or any of their top prospects, because they have prospects knocking on the door. I know the Wander Franco situation. He's obviously not going to play but they still have a good team like they still have a team that is going to be there and like pj said in the first segment they roll out of bed they win 90 games the yankees don't scare me whatsoever they never will they have about two guys out of a five-man rotation right now because carlos rodon ain't making more than 20 starts hate to break it to everybody that ain't happening marcus strowman great Have fun with all of that. Toronto, I want to believe in them, but unless Vladdy suddenly turns into this version of him from three years ago, I just don't know how you can buy it. They still haven't replaced Matt Chapman. They could always re-sign him, but I just don't really believe Toronto has control of this thing right now. It feels like they're just kind of crossing their fingers and hoping it works out. So it's always the Rays just because they're so surgical with what they do. Which is crazy, no, I, just I because agree. of
2: everything that they lost, you know, like including Tyler Glass now. But I'm with you, like with Vlad, the power numbers went down, which was really weird. And then with Marcus Stroman, like with that pickup, I mean, you know, you're going to get like a good month and a half, two months, and then July comes around, August comes around, and if he is available, he's like a shell of what he was the first couple months of the season. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. So I'm with you. It, no, it, hit the it's the O's Can Ken...
0: yeah. Ken was asking me last summer. Oh, should we jump on Marcus Stroman and El Young? I was like never in a million years. I go give it three weeks and this ends three weeks later. Ken looks at me goes. Yep. You were right. I go. I know because that guy is fine for a month and then he's exceptionally average.
1: Yeah. Another thing too. Like when I watch Toronto play like individually, they have a lot of talented players, but it just doesn't feel like the pieces fit. Like it just doesn't feel like they enjoy playing with each other. You know, Vladdy and Bo they're homegrown guys, but obviously Springer came over in a trade. And you got Chapman if they're able to re-sign him as well. And they had Brandon Belt last year. Gaussman came over. It just doesn't feel like they really enjoy playing with each other. I'm surprised John Schneider came back for another year too. Like, I think, you know, a team that good, like they should have a better manager. Um, but it's it's Tampa. I mean, they just it's rinse and repeat with them every single year. You know they're going to be in the playoffs. It's just a matter of how many games they're going to win. Um, so... I still think the Rays would be the team outside the Orioles that I would bet. Another thing, too, why I think you got to jump on the Orioles right now, fellas, their schedule to open the year. It's home against the Angels, and then it's home against Kansas City, and it's at Pittsburgh, and then at Boston. So very quickly, like they could get out to a hot start. Maybe not to start the start that Tampa did last year, but they certainly could start the year nine and three, eight and four, something like that and get out to a nice start in the AL East. But uh, it's going to be fun. Spring training only two weeks away as we uh, kick that off in mid-February. Ryan, let's talk some NBA, though, getting to uh, the MVP market, because obviously big news yesterday with Joel Embiid injury, and now he's not going to play the uh, enough games that he needs to to win the MVP. The odds have shifted like crazy. Jokic is now minus 145. SGA plus 275. Luka's at plus 600. Giannis at plus 800. And then Tatum's at 40 to 1. And Jalen Brunson is at 40 to 1. So when you look at the MVP market now, without Embiid, what jumps out to you?
2: All right. So, yeah, I talked about this on uh, BetMGM tonight. And I've played some Luka futures at better prices. I think the worst number I got with Luca was eight to one it makes sense you know that the price has obviously come down here uh the case that I made for Luca was he leads his team in points rebounds assists and steals he's averaging nearly 35 points per game like if you look at what Luca's doing in season six he's aver- he's actually putting up better numbers than Michael Jordan was putting up in year six and I'm not comparing Luca to Michael Jordan nor will I ever compare anybody to MJ being from Chicago but 35 points per game nearly nine rebounds almost. He's averaging 8.6. He's averaging almost 10 assists per game. And like I said, he leads the team in steals. And dude, Kyrie's barely played this season. He's played 27 games only. He's your second leading scorer, averaging 25 points per game. Other than that, it's Tim Hardaway Jr. It's Derek Jones Jr. It's Dante Exum. So if the Mavs are able to finish a top five, I think that's probably what the requirement would be. Top six seed. I think they have to avoid the plan. Then I think Luka's a good look. But what are your thoughts? I wanted to get your thoughts on Jalen Brunson. So the Knicks right now are the third seed in the East. Major concerns for Philadelphia with the Embiid injury. Not only like Embiid's MVP futures, but what does this do, you know, to the Sixers here who are actually having a nice season with Nick Nurse taking over for Doc Rivers. Um, Tyrese Maxey has played like an all-star. Tobias Harris, this is his best season in years. And, you know, I like Nick Nurse. Um A lot more than I like Doc Rivers, which is why I'm kind of staying away from Milwaukee. They don't play a whole lot of defense, even though they do have, obviously, you know, Giannis and Dame Lillard. They'll be tough in the playoffs. And then Boston is clearly the best team in the East. But if the Knicks finish a top three seed in the Eastern Conference with this Embiid injury, let's say there's some Jokic voter fatigue, just because, I mean, I'm not playing Jokic right now at minus 145. He's clearly the best player in the league. He could win the MVP every single season. Uh, But... Tom Thibodeau, in my opinion, is the point guard whisper. And if the Knicks finish a top three, maybe a top two seed in the East, I went back and looked at Derrick Rose's numbers when he was 22. He was the youngest MVP in league history. He averaged 25 points per game, 7.7 assists, 4.1 rebounds. The Bulls that year did win 62 games. I don't know if the Knicks are going to be able to do that. Right now they're 32-17 and 17 this season, so probably not going to happen. But if they finish a top three seed, Brunson this year is averaging 27 points per game, 3.9 rebounds, 6.4 assists, and he's doing it pretty efficiently, averaging that all on uh, 48% field goal percentage. So what do you think about Jalen Brunson? Especially we know um, we love the New York market, big market, and he wasn't voted mm-hmm. an all-star starter. The last time an MVP wasn't named an all-star starter, I believe was 1998, Carl Malone. Uh, any chance you think Jalen Brunson? Get some love because I really like that price and I like the way that the Knicks are trending right now in the East, and they're the third seed, like I said.
1: I know. I I, I fear that with Brunson it's kind of prisoner of the moment right now. And I think we're kind of buying at the absolute peak. Because the Knicks have won nine games in a row. They've won 15 to 17, right? Like, can they keep this going? Obviously, the OG Ananobi trade has been terrific. Brunson's playing great. And now with Embiid out of the mix. I mean, Ryan, it's not a crazy take to say that the Knicks absolutely could get the number two seed in the East. They're only a half game back of Milwaukee. And the Bucs, like you said, seem more like of a team, like a team that they just kind of want to get to the postseason, right? That's that's why you trade for Dame Lillard, is when it becomes more of a half-court game. And that's when you use Giannis and Dame. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like with this Knicks team. I just don't know if they can keep winning. At the pace that they're winning at, because I agree with you. For Brunson to seriously get MVP consideration, do you think they're going to have to get the number two seat at least in the East? Uh, and, you know, also the guys that he's chasing, you know, I mean, SGA and OKC is having a great year. Jokic is going to be tough to beat. You highlighted the numbers that Luka has been having with Dallas this year, and Kyrie just doesn't play. So that'll probably continue. That's my only fear with Brunson, even though it's a really good price at 40 to 1. And it's the New York market. I just think placing a bet on him to win MVP is a little prisoner of the moment because they're the hottest team in the league. They're playing really good. And there's just not a better environment in the NBA than Madison Square Garden when the Knicks are playing well. You know, it's just, it's awesome. Like, you can just feel it watching it on TV. So, uh, I love Brunson. I, I still, it still blows my mind how good of an NBA player he is. Like, I liked him a lot at Villanova. He was National Player of the Year. He was really good. I mean never did i ever think he'd be this good in the league so it's a great story and you know the knicks are building something really good we'll see what happens when they get to the playoffs but as for the mvp i understand why you would do it because of the price and because Embiid's no longer a factor i just with the guys that he's chasing ryan i don't know if he's going to be able to leapfrog all of them
2: tibbs tom thibodeau a really good regular season coach really good with guards And I think this is the best coaching that Brunson and Dante DiVincenzo have had since Jay Wright at Villanova. Like, look at what Dante DiVincenzo is doing. Now, granted, like, he's in the starting lineup. And the other night, he was 8 of 26 from the floor, just chucking up threes. 4 of 16 from three. But he's playing pretty good basketball. Um, So you got the Villanova backcourt balling out right now in New York. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Shea... I mean, SGA actually makes the most sense, especially if you think what Oklahoma City is doing is sustainable. You know, you have Minnesota, um, the surprise team, the other surprise team, but I don't think they have. I, I love Anthony Edwards, but you also have Rudy Gobert. You have Carl Anthony Towns, so I don't think he's going to get any love. SGA, I just missed out on the price. I don't want to bet it right now, you know, plus 250. But if that's sustainable, is if they finish the one seed in the West, uh, I think he's going to get some love you know, he's, he's the leading scorer. He's averaging over 30 per game. That makes sense. But yeah, I mean, the only thing I would do right now in this market, Luca, although you kind of missed the number there and then maybe take a shot with Jalen Brunson, Jason Tatum. I mean, Boston's the best team in the East, but they also have Porzingis, who's playing like an all-star is an all-star. And then Jalen Brown was named an all-star reserve last night. Is Tatum finally going to get some love? Um, yeah, I, I don't know.
1: It's crazy. I was doing the show on Monday with uh, Ken Barkley, and he had a lot invested in MV- and uh, MB to win MVP. And as Man. soon as we got the news that he was going to miss the game against the Blazers, we stopped what we were doing. And Ken told everybody, get out of your, MV- uh, your MVP uh, picks for MB because he's probably going to be out and he's probably going to be ineligible to win it. He was right. Yeah. He's not even available anymore and now it opens up the opportunity for some other guys. We'll continue talking MVP. Go back to baseball, break down some of those markets, wrap up our number one, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM.
0: Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.
1: You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvath, filling in for Nick and Ken here on this Friday. They will be back on Monday, live from Las Vegas, out in Mandalay Bay. Reminder that you guys can listen to us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. Also can watch us on twitch.tv slash betql, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports, and also listen to us on the Odyssey app. We'll be on Stadium. Top of next hour, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Kate Constable will join us as well, 4 o'clock Eastern Time. So make sure you guys join us over on Stadium. Go to WatchStadium.com. Ryan, we've gone back and forth a little bit between baseball and uh, between the NBA as well. want to bring it back to baseball and discuss some of these other teams. We were talking about some of the top teams in the major leagues, right? especially in the American League. We are talking about the Astros, the Rangers, the Orioles, discussing the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, in the al east any of those other teams like could you see somebody making a surprise run in the american league this year like seattle has been a team that has been so bad for so long they've kind of obviously they got the taste of the postseason a couple years ago had some injuries missed out last year minnesota won that division last year heavy favorites to win it again they got a really good pitching rotation like could you see either of those teams maybe somebody else or Do you think that it's going to come from one of those top teams, either, you know, Texas or one of the AL East teams? Yeah, I mean, like, the team that I've
2: had circled for the last three years has been Seattle. And you said it, it's been injuries, but I love Julio Rodriguez. I love the rotation. And, I mean, they get hot towards the end of the season. I was looking at their price, 9-1 to to win the AL, 20-1 to to win the American League. You know, the Blue Jays are priced the same. I'd probably look at Seattle before Toronto. But, I mean, those are the two teams – that I've been on the last three years and I've been wrong with. Um, Other than that, though, I mean, you know, the AL Central is so weak, has been so weak the last couple seasons. You know, maybe you look at Cleveland or Minnesota as like a dark horse candidate. I was looking at the Twins price at 25-1 to to win the World Series, also 9-1 to to win the AL. I do think it's going to be one of those top teams, though. You know, right now, for me, it would be just Baltimore right now in the American League. Uh, that I would do anything with, that I would bet just because, like Jake said, I think that they could still make a couple moves, and they have money, and I think that they're going to be aggressive here because their window is wide open, and they do have you know, a pretty good farm system. The Yankees also have a really good farm system, and they're the Yankees, so I think they're going to be super aggressive, especially after the season that they had last year. They've already been super aggressive. they made the flashy moves. If they were able to add an arm or two, See, that's the thing, though. I'm not playing Yankees futures it, plus four twenty-five to win the AL and nine to one to win the World Series. Like I think that I agree with Jake. I think they're mispriced. So yeah, it would probably be Baltimore at 14 to 1. And then the you know, the furthest I would go down the board would be maybe Toronto or Seattle, 20 to 1. And I like Seattle a little bit better in the American League. In the National League, uh, I like the Braves futures once again. Braves were the best team in all of baseball. Already last season. Yeah, they just got to stay healthy. I don't think they have to do a whole lot this offseason.
1: Yeah, I'm conflicted on the National League, man. I mean, the Dodgers and Braves, both teams are just, they're so stacked. They're so loaded. But it's the beauty of baseball. I mean, you get to the playoffs, especially when you're in that division series round, and it's a best of five and not a best of seven, and that's the best times to beat those teams. That's where the Braves and the Dodgers lost last year. Philadelphia obviously has the Braves number. That's been tough for them. And... You know, I do think there's a drop off from those three teams, like the Dodgers, Braves, and Phillies, and then everybody else. It's gonna be an interesting league in the National League, right? Because there were so many disappointing teams last season. The Cardinals, like you said, have two of the best players in the entire league, and they had a terrible year, and Goldschmidt and Arenado are back. The Mets spend a bajillion dollars and they were terrible last season move on from Scherzer, move on from Verlander. They brought in some prospects. We'll see how they are this year. And then, obviously, the Padres, there was a ton of excitement around them. Full year of Soto, Tatis coming back from injury, Snell won Cy Young. They were just never able to pull it together. Now, obviously, Soto's gone. We'll see what happens with Blake Snell, probably not coming back with the Padres. But the National League intrigues me with those teams, Ryan, because, I mean, those are some heavy hitters, right? teams with a lot of talent who had disappointing years like are any of them going to bounce back I uh and then the NL Central outside of the Cardinals also is interesting you know your Cubs were a very up and down team last year It was a nice mix of like young and veteran players and then the Reds are kind of like a poor man's Orioles where they're very young. They have a ton of talent. They don't have the pitching that the Orioles have. They don't have the lineup either, but they are very deep and they are very talented and they have a ton of prospects that have now graduated. They were kind of a year ahead of schedule last year and now they might be that team to take the next step. Like if if there was a team this year that I was looking at in like the 30 40 50 to 1 range to maybe make the playoffs win their division maybe even the National League American League future like who could be this year's Diamondbacks maybe I think the Reds could be that team just because of the division the talent and they do remind me of the Orioles in the sense that last year was the year that they really started gain confidence and win and I think this is the year where they could win like 85, 90, maybe even 95 games, just stun everybody, and uh, maybe be a team to watch in the, in the National League.
2: History as a baseball fan tells me that the St. Louis Cardinals are going to win the NL Central, that they're going to bounce back, probably win 103 games this season. Just, I mean, that's my life as a Cub fan, uh, and that's why they're priced plus 150 to win the NL Central. I obviously – We wouldn't bet that right now, but I'm completely with you on the Reds, man. I mean, the Reds were fun last year. I mean, they're really young, right? And they fizzled out, obviously, down the stretch. 4-1. to I I don't think I would bet that today here in February. I might wait, see how they start the season, look to get a better price. But I'm with you on Cincinnati. I think the Cubs are mispriced at 2-1. to I mean, I know um, they just missed out on the postseason, had a terrible last month of the season, really choked it away, to be honest with you. But they haven't really done a whole lot now. Um, I like the bullpen arms that they've added, and that's clearly like what they've needed for the past decade plus on the north side of Chicago. But the Craig Council, like, okay, they go out there and they pay a bunch of money, spend a bunch of money on Craig Council. They steal him away from the division, from Milwaukee, even though he's from the Wisconsin area. He's now hated there. He becomes public enemy number one in Milwaukee. And I'm like, all right, they're going to spend a bunch of money Finally, Jed Hoyer, Tom Ricketts, they're going to go all in and act like a big market team, which would make sense because Wrigley Field is not the Wrigley Field that we grew up with. It's, you know, there's billboards all over the place. There's a damn sports book in there. I thought they were going to be really aggressive, and we'll see what ends up happening with Cody Bellinger here. But um, now I'm like, What's the plan here? I mean, it's pretty much the same team. I think that it's going to be, I don't know that this team, on paper at least, is going to be as good as last year's team that missed out on the postseason. Maybe the thinking is, has there been a manager in baseball who's done more with less than Craig Counsel? Obviously, like, I love the rotation. I love Brandon Woodruff. I love Corbin Burns, who's now a Baltimore Oriole. I like the bullpen. I liked the bullpen. Josh Hader's gone now. Um, Devin Williams is really good. I like the way that Craig Counsel manages his bullpen. But maybe that was the thinking in Chicago, like, hey, we'll give 40 million to the manager and then we won't spend any money on the roster. So I I wouldn't play the Cubs at two to one to win the Central. So I'm with you. Like if I'm making a bet here Friday, February 2nd, it probably would be the Reds. But I think you might be able to get a better price if you just wait a couple weeks into the season. And if I was making a smart pick, it'd probably be St. Louis. Like history tells me the Cardinals bounce back and uh, win the NL Central this
1: year. Another fun uh, market that BetMGM is offering for each of those divisions of, of the divisions is you can bet which two teams in their respective division are going to finish in the top two. So for example, in any order, we were talking about this earlier, you, myself, Jake, we kind of like the Orioles and the Rays probably to be the two teams to beat in the AL East for both of those teams, either one for the Orioles to finish first and the Rays to finish second or vice versa. It's 11 to one. So you know, for someone like you, Ryan, who thinks that history would tell you that, you know, the Cardinals probably are going to win that division. We both think the Reds are going to be pretty competitive. If you wanted to take the Reds and the Cardinals for both of those teams to finish one or two in the NL Central, that's a plus 425. So a bunch of different uh, ways that you can bet this stuff on BetMGM, which is pretty cool. When you look at uh, MVP, Aaron Judge is the favorite at plus 550 on the uh on the american league side soto's right behind him plus 600 alvarez is plus 900 corey seager is 10 to 1. have you placed any futures yet on uh al mvp nl mvp is there anything that uh interests you do you agree the judge should be the favorite in the al side uh i mean i i agree with it i'm not going to play
2: the price if Judge stays healthy, like let's remember what he did a couple of years ago, obviously, and what he's able to do every year that he's healthy. Yeah, I think it makes sense uh, to have a bounce-back year. I haven't done anything with the MVP market, um, which I've had pretty good luck with here the last couple of years, mainly with Shohei Ohtani, though. And now that Ohtani's not going to be able to uh, take the ball every five days, uh, and now that he's a Dodger with all that talent, I'm not going to do anything with him. One thing, though, that I kind of like And the prices all make sense. I was looking at regular season strikeout leader over at BetMGM, and the market's changed a little bit. Spencer Strider is the favorite two to one Garrett Coles, nine to one. There's a huge drop off, which makes sense. I mean, like the smart pick again would be Spencer Strider, Uh, but he's two to one Garrett Coles, nine to one. What do you think about Corbin Burns, 25 to one? Or should I just bet some Corbin Burns, uh, AL Cy Young instead? It's a
1: good question. Uh, probably the Cy Young instead, I would say just because again, now that he's pitching out in Baltimore and he's got that big left field, even though he's going to try and strike everybody out. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a pitcher's park now, right? And he can use that left field in his advantage. That, that is a good price though, for a guy who does strike out a bunch of people. It is crazy to see Strider at plus 200. Yeah. The MVP market's interesting. You bring up a good point about Shohei, obviously now being on the Dodgers and the fact that he's not going to be pitching this season, you know, I mean, those two Yankees at the, you know, what's crazy is to see Mike trout at 22 to one to win AL MVP. Like I know you have been loving your angels futures and I know the guy's been able to stay healthy, but like, this is still Mike trout, right. And the angels are going to be really, really bad. But man 22 to 1 on Trout like that that is enticing
2: No it really is man and and it's major league baseball and so it's not like the Angels have to go out there and win 95 to 100 games because we all know that's not going to happen I would love to see Mike Trout get moved at the deadline unless like the Angels every once in a while in baseball like I remember being really excited when uh, Albert Pujols finally left the National League Central, left the Cardinals, and they just went to the World Series the next year regardless. So, and, you know, like Bryce Harper leaves the Nats, and then they end up winning a World Series. So maybe maybe they'll get that bounce back. But I agree, man. 22-1 to 1 on Trout, you're never going to get that again. You're, you never got that before. So I think that's worth a bet in the AL.
1: Yeah, really good price there on Mike Trout. All right, hour number two on the way next, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGN, Kate Constable is going to join us. We're going to talk about the big game with her. Niners Chiefs next. P.J. Glasser, Ryan Horvath.